This episode of the Flathead Beacon podcast is brought to you by Swenson Real Estate, service before self. With over 30 years experience, they've seen it all. Contact Jeff and Lorena today at 406-253-0033. That's 406-253-0033. Swenson Real Estate, service before self. Coming to you from the beautiful Flathead Valley, I'm Micah Drew, and this is the Flathead Beacon Podcast for Wednesday, June 30th. The Flathead Beacon Podcast began in March 2020 as a daily update on the state of affairs during the COVID-19 pandemic. In May, it transitioned to a weekly show, and then just before I joined the staff last June, host Andy Viano expanded the show from a weekly news recap into a deeper dive behind the Flathead Beacon cover story each week. For the last year, Andy has gone beyond the cover story, talking to reporters, sources, and key characters to give listeners a deeper understanding of the issues The Beacon writes about. Sadly, we must announce that Andy is leaving the staff of The Beacon and will be officially handing over podcast hosting duties to myself while turning his beat over to a yet-to-be-discovered, talented reporter who will have some enormous shoes to fill in the newsroom. Andy is going to join the show today as a farewell to his listeners and to reminisce about his years in Montana and working with The Beacon, and let us know what's in store for him next. If you haven't already, don't forget to grab the latest edition of The Flathead Beacon on newsstands throughout Northwest Montana, and be sure to stay up to date on the latest news online at flatheadbeacon.com. And before we get to Andy, a reminder that this podcast is made possible in part by the members of the Flathead Beacon Editors Club. Members support all of our journalism in all of its forms, in print, online, and here in the podcast studio, and they do so for as little as $5 per month. Plus, they get some great perks too. To find out more or join today, check out beaconeditorsclub.com. All right, let's say hello to this week's guest, longtime Beacon staff writer and podcast host, Andy Viano, who I sat down with on Tuesday afternoon. This is an interesting podcast to make. It's been almost exactly a year, I believe, since I first came up to this podcast studio for an interview with you after writing my first cover story for The Beacon, uh, and I was sitting in the other chair. It's a little a little odd. And as much as a news podcast has season finales, I think this is kind of ours. For those of you who don't know, Andy Viano, our podcast host and staff writer, uh, has been on paternity leave. He has a new kid, Asher Viano. So congratulations for bringing another awesome kid into the world. Thank you very much. Uh, how are you doing sleep-wise? We haven't seen you in a couple weeks, so it's nice to have you back in the office for a little bit. Getting more sleep than my wife is, so <laughs> I have no room to complain. I'm doing, uh, I'm doing really well. It's, uh, it's great. It's such a, it's such a cool moment, as any parent knows, and and also just a complete blur. I think, as as other parents know as well. So, uh, my wife and I and our daughter are just hanging on for the ride <laughs> here, and uh, we'll we'll get things settled down eventually. Well, I'd love to chat even more about your kids, but first, the big announcement to anyone who has not heard, which I'm assuming is everybody. You will be leaving the Beacon in about a week and a half. 
You have taken a job out in Chicago, so we will be losing our podcast host and our reporter and just great presence in the newsroom. So uh, this is going to be your last time on the show. How how are you feeling? But uh, it's hard. You know, it's really sad to leave. Um, and it has been such, uh, this is such a special, amazing place to work. Evidenced by the fact that you can just talk to your boss one day and say, hey, let's make a podcast. And then a <laughs> podcast gets made uh, and keeps going for however long we've been doing this now. Yeah, it's a really bittersweet moment. My, I'm really excited to move my family back uh, home. Uh, I'm originally from the, the Chicago area. I spent most of my life, at least the years, not in Montana back <laughs> there. And, and as you said, bringing a, another kid into the world, we're super excited to to go back and, and raise our kids around our family, my wife from the area as well. But it's really, um, it's really bittersweet in, in this sense. This is, a, this is a really special place and it, it will be very, very hard to say goodbye. Well, let's kind of do uh, some reminiscing and, and track back through your time here. So you moved to Kalispell from Chicago how many years ago? Uh, almost six years ago, 2015. You initially came to work at another newspaper, but then you came over to the Flathead Beacon. Talk to me about what it was like moving from a city like Chicago to Kalispell and, and diving into that world. It was very different, but that was the whole reason we did it. Um, so it was, it was, you know, you never know exactly what to expect. It was, it was going to be an adventure uh, and something that we had never experienced before. And it certainly was that. Um, we got a lot out of discovering the Montana lifestyle <laughs> and getting into the outdoors far more than than Chicago kids normally do <laughs> and had a, an amazing time getting to grow as part of this community, getting to meet the people here and get sort of what I, I think Kalispell still does have. And I don't mean this in a, in a derogatory way, a small town feel where, you know, people are still pretty, you know, people are, are, friendly people people know other people and it's a very interconnected <laughs> community in a way that uh, that perhaps we weren't used to um but it has been a really wonderful experience to to be part of northwest montana and you know doing the the work that i've been able to do and why i love it so much is getting to know all kinds of different people from all kinds of walks of lives who have all kinds of of histories and and experiences that they bring to to the stuff that they're doing now. And, and that's been a real treat is getting to, to know and tell the stories of, of so many wonderful people in the Flathead Valley for, for, like I said, almost six years. You started out as a sports reporter. You had uh, my position for several years. What was it like getting to, to interact with all the really awesome, really talented high schoolers? Um, and are there any people that really kind of bubble up in your mind as being uh, phenomenal people whose stories you got to tell? Yeah, for sure. I mean, a couple people off the off the top of my head. I mean, one who I I, I guess the the first um, student athlete I really dug into and covered was a kid named Sean Opland out of Troy High School. Okay. Uh, and when I was here, um, man, it was probably that fall, probably that fall of 2015. He was a high school senior. Uh, on a team that had never won anything or hadn't won anything for a very, very long time, just absolutely dominating. And I drove up to Troy, um, again, having no experience with, <laughs> with a community that rural. And I remember marveling at, at Sean telling me that he, you know, when he wanted to talk on his cell phone, he had to leave the family home and go drive into town so he could get cell reception. 
but he was a terrific kid. I played football briefly at, at Montana State and I think maybe at Montana Tech. But a, a, a really nice kid in, in uh, you know, who became a, a celebrity in that town for a little while. And I guess along the, the same lines, the other high school athlete that jumps to mind is Riggs Johnston, who is now close to an All-American golfer. Maybe is an All-American. I forget how he did at the, uh, at the NCAA tournament this year down at Arizona State University. I think he's the best athlete, uh, regardless of sport, to come out of the Flathead Valley since I've been here. Um, a phenomenal basketball player. <laughs> told a story in a, in a feature I wrote about Riggs for the Flathead Beacon about him coming into his mom's classroom of, of high schoolers when he was like in first grade and just destroying everybody in ping pong uh, and just an a, a incredibly physically gifted uh, and really mentally sharp kid too who I, I really feel one day is going to play on the PGA Tour, just not an easy thing to do coming out of Libby, Montana. I guess those two are, are the first couple who popped to mind. And actually the other one, uh, is somebody not to to preview our paper next week too much, but who you're talking to, Nicole Haverland, who is uh, going to go compete in the Olympics in Japan in what just a few weeks now. At this point, so. is a really fun character, uh, another just outstanding athlete who's really done a lot of good things and and has given back some to the community as well. Um, so some, I guess, in the sports realm thinking off the top of my head and I'm sure I'm missing obvious people, but those are, those are three that come to mind. Well, you've spent a lot of time in the sports realm. I mean, your other careers have involved managing a baseball team and being on a radio side of things, but you have been a writer here primarily before the podcast and you're a, a great writer and a great storyteller outside of sports. Are there some stories, cover stories, investigations that you've really enjoyed being able to dig into and, and put on paper? Yeah, you know, it's uh it's it's tough to think back too far mm-hmm. in the past. So all the things that come to mind are are some of the more recent things. I guess the two that that stick out to me are writing about uh the tragedy that happened in only a year ago um with Emily Moeller and her uh, uh her friend and her daughter murdered by her estranged husband and and the the story that I got to write uh that you know they were kind enough and uh, strong enough to talk to me about um, what they'd gone through, the family, uh, Emily Moeller's family, that is, um, and able to put a story together that that I think in some ways helped spur change, uh, not only in perceptions of domestic violence, but at least in one tangible way in, in Frank Garner passing a law uh, this past legislative session that has now been signed into law that, that he introduced by sharing Emily Moeller's story. So getting to see that whole process play out um, while super sad has also been, um, rewarding. Um, and then, you know, it's just, it's the other characters and interesting people, you know, I, at, at my, at my prior job, I, I wrote about real profile of a woman named Rebecca Schaefer who founded a, uh, a theater company, uh, a cabaret theater company up in Whitefish. Um, Rebecca, I think lives down in Mexico now, but just a, a, a Amazing conversation to have with a super interesting person who, um, you know, continues to, to be that way. And, and, and then there is our beer stein holder from a, from a few months ago, uh, in the same way, just, uh, I, you know, Dave Sturzen is a, a, 
a pretty normal guy who just happens to have decided he was going to become the best beer stein holder in the world and he did it. So finding those kind of people who I, I think wouldn't necessarily ordinarily stand out and getting to know them and their motivations, super interesting. You are taking a job at a very large newspaper, a little different than we have here. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what your your future direction is going to be here? Sure. Yeah, I'm going to be covering crime and, and breaking news at the Northwest Indiana Times, which uh, is based out of Munster, Indiana, which is actually the paper I worked for before <laughs> I came to Montana. So uh, really going full circle back towards home to cover what the locals call the region. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, as... As people know, there are it's a it's a much more densely populated area, which means uh, there's a lot more happening. That includes <laughs> uh, more crime, um, and so it'll be a, it'll be a busy beat. It'll be a daily newspaper, which is such a different rhythm than uh, what you get used to here at the Beacon. So I'm sure it will be a challenge, but uh, I enjoy uh, the occasional challenge and, and change of pace. So uh, we'll see how it goes. Well, we have to touch on one of the change of paces that you brought to the Beacon uh, a year ago, a little more than a year ago. You went into the editor's office and said you wanted to start a podcast, and uh, then a pandemic hit, and the podcast started as just kind of daily updates on on the state of affairs. Uh, talk a little bit about bringing that in and, and getting to spend a year with a different medium. Man, it was it's hard to remember <laughs> what happened during the pandemic, especially <laughs> because it was just complete chaos as <laughs> as it as it was for everybody. Um, mm-hmm. you know, not knowing what was happening in in March of 2020. You know, we had done a little bit of podcasting with the editors club previously and and made podcasts exclusively for editors club members. So I think was able to sort of prove uh to Kellen Brown, our our editor in chief, that that you know, I have the capability to make these things and, and that people will listen to them. Um, and then when COVID hit, I, I think it was Kellen even in conversation with with our owners um, talking about how can we get this information that everybody was craving to them as quickly as possible. And, you know, obviously we kept our website updated, but giving people at the time, they were five to 10 minute daily podcast updates. Basically, here's how many cases we had today. Here's a quick chat about what's going on with, you know, whether it was the schools or businesses or government restrictions. And they too became a way, I think, for people, as we all were, we're, we're just so in the dark and craving any information to feel better about what was going on. Even if it wasn't good news, the more information you have, I think, helps uh, in a in an unknown situation like that. And we started doing them every day. And uh, then the pandemic didn't really calm down, but I guess people stopped craving news every day. And, and we started writing stories that weren't about the pandemic <laughs> after uh, a few weeks or a couple months there. I can't even remember what it was. And, and yeah, we turned it into this little weekly podcast, which I am so incredibly happy that uh, you've come on board and, and are able to keep it going. It's it's definitely been fun keeping it going, and uh, I feel like I still have very large shoes to fill. Uh, I only accidentally deleted somebody's interview once while you were gone, so we had a very short podcast in the middle there when uh, I blame the dog ran up here and and distracted us, and I deleted the audio on accident. But smooth sailing after that because we don't have you around as a lifeline. Before we get to the the send off, just to tie things into the news, all of a sudden our cover story this week is about the housing market and housing prices. 
and uh, everybody trying to navigate that. And you're on the other side of it. You're selling a house in the Flathead, which must be exciting. How, how long did that take you? Yeah, so it is as, uh, <laughs> as crazy as everybody says it is. <laughs> so uh, everything you've read in the Flathead Beacon is true. I can confirm from personal experience. Now we put our house on the market uh, on a Thursday evening, uh, and we sold it on a Monday uh, after fifteen showings, maybe over three days. Incredible. Um, with with you know four offers everything above what we were asking. I mean, it's just the market is completely out of control. And I feel terrible, frankly, for the people who are are having to buy a house right now and you hear from going through this process, some of the folks and some of the stories that uh, are included in this week's beacon that, that uh, uh, you know, our, our colleagues did a great job telling about, you know, people who've been displaced or who can't find housing. You get to hear some of those kind of sob stories when when you're the one trying to sell the house. And it is a little bit heartbreaking that it is just so incredibly difficult to uh, to move here right now. And uh, at a time where we're desperate for people to come and and take some jobs. So it's uh, it's uh, a really difficult situation that uh, frankly, I'm glad I, I don't have to go find a new house here in, in the Flathead Valley right now because it is uh, it is nuts. It is it is out of control. And, and, you know, going through the process with our realtor, you know, just to hear from him about, you know, how even they can't believe what is going on and really have no idea when it's going to slow down. It's just uh, uh, totally off the rails. Well, there's our background insight onto the majority of the cover package for this week's Beacon. But Andy, you are obviously the, the main focus of this week. I appreciate everything that you've taught me in my year being here with you and, and doing the podcast with you. And uh, we'll miss your presence in the newsroom. Is there anything else you, you want to say or how do you want to close this out? Uh, I am going to miss you and, and everybody else here at the Beacon tremendously. It has been a pleasure to, uh, to tell stories of, of the people of the Flathead Valley for, for as long as I have. And, and I'm super excited to keep reading the Flathead Beacon and continue listening to this podcast from, uh, from miles and miles away. Do you want to do the final sign-off? What's the final sign-off? I don't know. However you sign off the podcast. <laughs> Goodbye. Is that it? <laughs> Works for us. We'll be right back. And before we get to this week's headlines, Dr. Mark Remington of Glacier Eye Clinic has a message from our sponsor this week. I've known Jeff for probably around 20 years. Very good friend of mine. He's helped me both personally and professionally in the real estate market. He is super ethical, super knowledgeable. He's prompt. He'll return your calls and he'll steer you in the right direction. As a friend, he's been service before self. Contact Swenson Real Estate at 406-253-0033 today. Thanks again to Andy Viano for coming up and joining the podcast today. It's always great to have him in the studio, and we're definitely going to miss his presence around here. Now, here are the biggest stories from the last seven days as of 8 p.m. Tuesday, April 29th. Throughout the Flathead Valley, the housing market is out of control. While rental scarcity isn't a new problem in the valley, an abrupt influx of new residents in the Flathead has strained the problem. 
The rental market is all but non-existent, and the median sales price for the Valley has increased nearly $150,000 in the last year. Adding in increased lumber prices and a limited workforce, new housing projects are slow to come to completion, even though there are hundreds of apartment units in various states of development in the Valley. This week's Flathead Beacon Business Monthly issue dives into several angles of the housing shortage and what cities are trying to do to tackle the problem. Glacier Park's only thoroughfare, the Going to the Sun Road, is fully open to motorized traffic for the first time since 2019. Visitors can now drive all 50 miles of the iconic highway if they are able to procure a reservation ticket to enter the national park. Officials said that additional tickets are being released both 60 days and 40 days in advance and can be purchased for $2 at recreation.gov every morning at 8 a.m. Up in Whitefish, the board of directors at the North Valley Hospital voted to approve a fully integrated partnership with Kalispell-based Logan Health, a move that will include the hospital rebranding as Logan Health Whitefish. Logan Health, which recently rebranded from Kalispell Regional Healthcare earlier this year, initially agreed to a formal affiliation with its Whitefish-based counterpart in April 2016. The agreement allowed the two hospital systems to share some resources and streamline access to specialty services. Down in Missoula, a trial is underway to determine who should be responsible for future cleanup costs associated with decades of contamination at the former home of the Columbia Falls Aluminum Company. The U.S. Environmental Protection Agency recently approved the company's feasibility study, which helps define the scope of remediation at the Superfund site along the Flathead River. The study identifies a preferred cleanup option that will cost around $50 million and involves building a slurry wall in order to contain the release of environmental hazards such as cyanide and fluoride from buried waste at the shuttered aluminum plant's former landfill. And finally, the Olympic track and field trials have taken place over 10 days in Eugene, Oregon, and wrapped up on Sunday evening. Ten athletes with ties to Montana competed on the track and in several field events. Big Fork native and University of Colorado graduate McKenna Morley was competing in her first Olympic trials, the biggest meet she's raced in since turning pro last August. Morley ran the 10,000 meters under brutally hot conditions. Even though the race was moved up several hours to start mid-morning to avoid the worst of the heat, temperatures on the track exceeded 100 degrees. Morley finished in 19th place, while the top three athletes were named to the Olympic team. Talking with the Beacon after her race, Morley said that the heat got to her after the halfway point, but while she's disappointed she did not race to what she believes her fitness level to be, she learned a lot racing on one of the biggest stages. Another runner with ties to the flathead, Isaac Updike, raced in the men's steeplechase. Updike lives and trains in New York, but his parents and sister live in the flathead, and his great-grandparents homesteaded in the area. He spent part of last summer's COVID-related lockdown training in Kalispell. Updike had the fastest time by an American in the steeplechase coming into the meet, but tied up over the final water barrier in the last 200 meters and faded from third to fifth place to miss making the Olympic team by mere seconds. There is one Montanan who is going to the Tokyo Olympic Games this summer. Nicole Heverland is a member of the U.S. Sevens rugby team and will represent the red, white, and blue in Japan at the end of July. I talked to Nicole recently, and you'll be able to read about that story in The Beacon after the 4th of July weekend. Before we go, a reminder that the new issue of Flathead Living Magazine 
is on stands now, so be sure to pick one up. And as always, you can stay up to date on the latest headlines every day online at flatheadbeacon.com. Once again, a huge thank you to Andy Viano for founding and hosting this podcast and being a great colleague to everyone at the Flathead Beacon. You will be greatly missed. That's our show. Thanks for listening.